All right, we'll take your Bible tonight. We're going to be in the book of Philippians, Philippians in chapter number four. We'll have a word of prayer after we've read here tonight. Philippians in chapter number four. We're going to get back into our series. Remember, we're in a series in Philippians. How many of you remember that? It's been a little while. I was uh, speaking with someone that uh, watches some of the services and keeps up with Wednesday nights and said, you know, it, it's going to be quite a deal if we're in the book of Philippians for over a year. It's four chapters but it sure shapes up that way, uh, or is shaping up that way. So Philippians and chapter number four, and uh, let's just begin reading in verse number one. We, we've considered verses one through three, and that being uh, steadfast and unified. That's how a church is meant to be, to be steadfast, standing our ground, unified, good unity that's produced by the Spirit of God. That's verses one through three. And then and then this, um, this was on our, well, what was supposed to be our business meeting night, if you remember that, our business meeting night, and there was just 100 people here. It looked like we had a church split, but we did not. <laughs> it was just weather, and a lot were at the campus and others live streaming, but um, uh, we covered that. Verses 4 and 5, known for peace, church business meetings should be notorious for joy and unity. That's how it ought to be. And that's how it can be. Um, a lot of times if there's friction without, that means there's friction within, within the heart. And so one man said it this way, uh, public problems have, require private solutions. Public problem, problems require private solutions. If we're going to prevent public problems, because I'm, I'm enjoying the unity that we're experiencing here and I want to continue to do so, then we've got to keep our heart right. And then uh, last time we were in Philippians, um, we considered verses six and seven. We'll review that a little bit more tonight. The command post of peace that fell during even our military emphasis. The command post of peace. You've got to have a guard at the gate of your heart and of your mind. You've got to have a guard there. So let's read about it and then we'll go into our verses tonight, verse eight and nine. <clears throat> Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Euodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I treat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. These were not troublemakers. They just had a problem. <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord, he says. Here's how you get this all fixed. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Let your moderation, not your conflict. Don't let your big church fight be known to all men, but let your moderation be known unto all men that and here's the, here's the um, encouragement. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. And then he says this, verse six. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep, or the idea of keep there is garrison, guard, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. 
finally, brethren, which by the way, doesn't mean a Baptist preacher's done. It just saying finally means let's elaborate on that a little bit, right? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, what does he say? Do. And notice this, very similar to the latter part of verse 7. So in verse 7, he said, the peace of God shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Here he says, and if you do these things, the God of peace shall be with you. Okay. If you do these things, the God of peace, the God who produces peace, I believe that's the idea behind it. The God, by the way, if we're experiencing peace as a church family, it didn't come from our flesh. No, it came from God. God who produces peace uh, shall be with you. All right, so tonight, here's the title of the message. Uh, sermon number 21, I believe it is, here out of Philippians. Filter your thoughts. Filter your thoughts. Let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. Let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. Filter your thoughts. Let's think of, well, let's think about that. Amen? Let's go ahead and think about it. Think on these things. All right. And I trust it'll be a real help to you. May God bless the reading of his word as you're seated. Filter your thoughts. Let me get set up here just a minute. Everybody still there? Don't leave. Water filters. This is just a small little water filter. Change it out every, well, it's supposed to be two to three months or so. Great coffee starts with clean water. I'm very interested in great coffee. Anybody else? Great coffee starts with clean water. I would add to that, it's got to have the bright blend too, but clean water, that's a big part of it. Uh, Brother Troy, let me borrow this here. I'll just uh, take this. This is a shop vac filter. Maybe you have one of these at home, you know, as you're working with that. Pretty good size filter there. Um, and then um, oil filters. Might be time to change yours. This is your uh, friendly pastoral reminder tonight, right? Changing your oil filter on your car. All right, so we got that. Um, and then on the bus. Kevin shared it. Look at this bad boy. Check that. Now, friend, listen, that's a filter right there. That is a filter. 
So we got uh, water filters, air filters, oil filters, um, shop vac filters. We got, um, of course, heat and air system filters, you know. Uh, this one is one of the churches here, but the Troy gave this to me here today. So, and uh, airflow, it's got an arrow. Got to make sure you have it coming in right. Got to get, got to get it right. Otherwise, it's not going to do you any good. All right. So we got air filters here. Um, you know, all of this, you know what it's saying to us? We live in a really dirty world. Isn't that right? You got to have water filter. You got to have shop vac filter, a big old honking bus filter. Oil comes in and goes through the filter filtration system. Your car's got to have a filter change, you know, along the way. And I brought a couple of filters from, from our home. You know, I always try to date it. You, ever, you date yours? Put the date when you, when you put it in, you know. Now, uh, this one, uh, that's a dirty filter. I brought it just to show you what a difference. Look at that. He said, man, preacher, your house is dirty. How's your air filter? I guarantee it looks the same way. Isn't that right? Sure. Let's see. This one was dated 11-2. Changed it sometime back in February. You know, two to three months, somewhere right in there. Depending on the filter, right? Depending on the filter. Um, in fact, I, uh, I just checked tonight before I came because, you know, I mean, it's hard to remember when you change your filter, you know, put a reminder in there. I try to do it. You know, I mean, I've got a system. I'm weird like that, but, um, the, this last one that I just put in there, it was put in there February the 12th and I'm telling you, it's already dirty. I mean, like real dirty. We don't live in a dirty house. My wife does a great job. That's what I need to tell you. She does a great job. But I mean, you know, you're pulling air up, you know, off the concrete. It's dirty. And, and here's, here's the reason why. It's been cold in Oklahoma, so it's been running more than normal, right? You know, usually we're getting a little bit of 60 degree weather, January. <laughs> It's been colder, so it's been running more. So with uh, correlation here, more usage, more dirt. Um, if you're, I call it the squirrel cage fan. I, I don't know, you know what I'm talking about? The fan that's moving the air in your house and such um, and blowing it up over the coils and such. Are, are you following me? I'm, I'm not techie. I'm not, I have no idea what I'm talking about right now, but... Um, <laughs> Kind of looks like a squirrel cage, you know. That's what my dad used to call it, squirrel cage fan. Actually, we used to go to flea markets and sell those things to farmers and such. And man, they went they went really quick. And and uh, but anyways, if if that if those blades get too much dust on them, they really start to rattle and carry on. And you need to have that clean too. There's a lot to keep up with in this world, isn't that right? Because there's a lot of dirt. So for it to work right, you got to keep it clean. Okay, for it to work right, you got to keep it clean. Uh, and with increased usage, that means that you're going to have a filter that gets even more dirty, right? You and I, we need a filter on our minds. We really do. We got to have a filter on 
the mind. And what we have right here in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 and 9 is God's inspired filter. I mean, this is an inspired filter that we need to have on our minds as we, we go through. And, and, and by the way, Brother Troy said, you know, not all filters are created equal. <laughs> I mean, there's some filters that are better than others, some brands better than others. Hey, listen, you're not going to find a better filter than God's word right here. It will, it will do the job. But with increased usage, with a, when, when you're living, even as the world is, is dirty and so forth, with increased usage, that means that you've got to have a filtration system that's constantly working that you're, you've got in place. Let me, let me ask you this tonight. I thought about this here just before the service. With the type of world that we live in today, with the bombardment, through advertising and through social media and the internet, do we need more or less of an emphasis on God's filtration system? More or less of, a, of an emphasis. How, how, how concerned should we be as modern day Christians to make sure that that we have the, the filtration system in our minds that God is describing here. Um, could we make a case today, given the prevalence of all the dirt that's in the world, that we're at a place where we really desperately need to know verses eight and nine of Philippians. Now, did they need to know it back in Paul's day? Absolutely. But can we make the case today that because we're exposed even more, maybe making this correlation, are you following me here tonight? It really helped the message if I knew that you're following along here. With increased usage, that means we need to give all the more attention to the filtration, what's going on, how we're filtering things out. And what I mean, what I mean is this, and, and really, I, I don't, I'm not trying to set it up like, man, we're facing more than any other generation has ever faced. That's, that's really just not the case because sin is sin, people are people. Flesh is flesh, but we have greater access to it today and a lot more is coming our way unsolicited than what it used to be, say, 10 years ago, even 20 years ago, for sure 30 years ago and 40 years ago. Am I right about that? I mean, you're being bombarded by it. There was a day in time in American history where there was already some filter in place. The Mayberry days. I'm not saying all of Andy Griffith is A-OK. -okay. I get that. Some things were getting through the filter even back then. Subtle. Getting through the filter. And, but I, I'm just saying today, um, you can't live an unfiltered Christian life. You know, in some ways, people say, man, yeah, I, don't, I just don't have a filter. And they say that like it's a badge of honor. What if we put that through God's filtration system? I think it'd come out as a badge of dishonor, not a badge of honor for you to say, you know, I just say whatever I'm thinking. Don't do that. Keep America clean. Don't say everything you're thinking. Man, I tell you, I was, I was uh, waiting in line today. You want to test on what's going to test your thinking? Just get in line somewhere. Or just go to the gas pump. 
Man, I heard profanity. Uh, it wasn't here at church. I was off. I was out. Somebody was cursing up a storm. I mean, I, they were mad at somebody. I couldn't, I couldn't see who it was. There was a fence there, but I mean, they were letting somebody have it. Totally unfiltered. Okay. We've got to have a filtration system. You can't live in this world unfiltered. And, and we can't have a church where God is working if we don't have his filter in place. Okay, now let, let, me, let me share this with you. I, I be, I'm thankful for this. I believe that God's working in our church. I believe God has been working in our church. I'm, that's his work. We can't produce it, but I sure don't want to mess it up. But along the way, there's going to be things that we need to give attention to. And, and it's really this way. I, I feel like in a sense, it's almost like as, as we had, as we had the, uh, the missions conference, it's like God changed our filter. And revival is like God changes in our filter. And every, even every service, I mean, God can, God can just put something new in place. And man, I'm telling you, that, that is so refreshing. You need that along the way. Isn't that right? That, that you need to make sure that you're thinking the way that God's thinking. You need to make sure that you have the, the mind of the master and letting the master master your mind because your mind and my mind is prone to filth and dirt. And we don't work right if there's dirt in here. A church doesn't work right. I believe what we're on tonight in this, these verses explains how a good church can go bad and how a good Christian can go bad. Because if you don't filter out the thinking and that gets to your way of speaking or your way of living, then listen, friend, that'll mess up a whole lot of what God's been doing. And the God of peace will not be with you. Not, not that we lose salvation, not that we lose his presence, but maybe we lose his peace and his favor's not on it because we're, we're not using his filter. This, I believe this is very vitally important. I, I really want to try to get this across in, in a way that will be helpful to you. Let me, let me just review a few things here as we get into it, then we're going we're gonna to delve into it. But in verses six and seven, I believe what we've seen is this is how to get God's peace. They, they were at a place where they weren't at peace with even one another. Isn't that right? Eodius and Syntyche were at odds with each other. They, they had no doubt... I mean, they probably had some words, do you think? They probably had some words. They probably sent some emails or sent some texts that weren't. No, they didn't do that, but they probably had some words. They had some words with each other and they weren't seeing eye to eye on things. Well, the only reason or the only way that you have bad words with somebody or cross words with somebody, or maybe it was even just a look or a look away or rolled eyes, huh? Something like that. I mean, somewhere... They had some problems. Well, you can't roll your eyes. You can't say cross words. You can't walk out of or storm out of a room without thoughts. If, if you do, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to help you completely here tonight. No, if you do those things, then you got words, you got thoughts rather that are running through your mind. And so verse six and seven was meant by God along with verses four and five, rejoice in the Lord. Listen, if we could just start right there, 
That'll solve a lot of our problems in life is that we just get to rejoicing in the Lord and letting our moderation be known. And then if we won't be careful for anything, be careful for nothing. And, and, and Warren Wiersbe said, worry is an inside job. Worry does this. Worry, literally the word means to be pulled in different directions. Your hopes are pulling you one way, but your worries, your fears are pulling you another way and you feel like you're being pulled apart. Do you see that? Okay, so he says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So basically this, we dealt with worry last time, and I, I don't want to dwell there too much, but he's showing them how to get peace between their members. First of all, peace comes right here, doesn't it? The peace of God, the, the peace with God rather through salvation, then the peace of God as we're giving things over to him. Listen, we begin to worry when we don't think God is enough. Or we don't think God is doing enough. Listen, friend, the truth is this. God is enough and God is doing enough. Okay? But we worry because we think, oh, my soul, God's not doing anything here. And he is. Well, what we have in verses 6 and 7 is God's remedy for a troubled soul. And instead of being filled with anxious care, we ought to give ourselves to confident prayer. Instead of being filled with anxious care, we are to give ourselves to confident prayer and, and thanksgiving. And what that does then is that that sets a guard at the, at the gate of your heart, your feelings, your emotions, and the gate of your mind. That's individually. So that's how to get peace. By the way, it's not through the power of positive thinking, but it's you in Christ Jesus. That's what he said in the latter part of verse number seven. Through Christ Jesus. Now, as we come to verses eight and nine, what we're looking at now is not just how to get peace, but this, how to keep it. How to keep peace. If faulty thinking was the source of their problems in the first place, then surely they ought to screen their thoughts right now. Think on these things. Look at the latter part of verse number eight. He says, think on these things. Uh, the word think is the word from which we get our, our word um, um, logic. Logic. Our English word is very much related to that word. Logic, thinking things through. It means to ponder, to give proper weight. Listen to this. It means to ponder and give proper weight to something. Ponder and give proper weight. To allow the resultant appraisal Listen to this, as you, as you weigh something out, as you think on something and, and you weigh it out from God's perspective, we're gonna go backwards and, and work on that, but the result of that appraisal ought to influence the way that we live. As I think on these things, these things that we're gonna cover, that we're gonna look at, then that ought to influence the way that I live. Listen to what one man said here just a minute. Uh, a man by the last name of uh, Motyer said this, just as a carnal mind is the surest passport to the downward path. Everybody, everybody hear that? A carnal mind, let me say it this way. An unfiltered mind is the sure path to that downward path. That carnal mind. All that has to happen for you to mess up your life is for God to let you have your own way without you thinking right thoughts. You will be successful in messing up your own life. But a mind drilled in the things 
of which God approves is the steadiest way to practical holiness. So if we garrison our minds with these things that we're about to go into here in just a moment, then we will live a holy life. If we're thinking right, according to what God's filtration is. But listen to this, if in a difficult relationship, and the context of this is, certainly does apply, uh, I'd say maybe first of all to a difficult relationship between these women, between members of the church. Now, does it apply to other areas of life in general? Absolutely. But how about we just think about it there first. If in a difficult relationship, we allow our minds and judgment to be clouded by a half-truth, or we allow damaging thoughts about the other person to simmer in our minds, we are not like Christ. But it is God's will that by giving attention to these things that he approves, that they should shape our minds to be like his, then we'll be at peace with one another, the mind of Christ. Think of it this way, wrong thinking leads to what? Wrong living. Wrong thinking leads to wrong living. Conflict between two people is because they think it ought to be their way. Two two-year-olds are fighting in the nursery, I would imagine, at this very hour. You know why? Because one thought, he had it first, and he thought, no, I had it first, and it's mine. Well, what is mine suddenly becomes a hammer and hits him on the head, right? Why are they fighting? Well, because of what they're thinking. Who are they thinking about? Themselves. That's no different than two adults fighting over an inheritance. They think it's theirs. They think they're right. They think their brother is wrong. He doesn't deserve a thing because where was he? Anyways, right? Right. If a person is um, struggling with despair, you know what hap what's happening there? They're thinking about their life without hope. They're thinking about their life without really God's word. If a person is living an immoral life, if there's someone even here tonight that is regularly viewing pornography, involved in other sexual sin, I'll tell you what's going on. You're not living with the right filter in your mind. And so, as one man said, we must constantly strengthen the moral integrity, the moral integrity of our thoughts. We've got to constantly be given attention to that because we are bombarded with wrong thoughts all the time. Look, look at the first part of verse number eight. He says this, finally, brethren, what, finally, which, which really is it. He's not moving on to something different because if you look into the latter part of verse number nine, when he says the God of peace, and you look back at verse number seven, and he talks about the, the peace of God, then he's still on the same subject. What he's doing, he's elaborating on this so that you're not worried about things, but you're taking things to God and you're trying to work things out. So once you work things out, you need to make sure that what you get in does not kick the peace of God out. So you got to have a good filter on what you're thinking. Okay, so he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things, 
Whatsoever things, it's plural. Do you see that? You know what that's indicating? There's a lot of things that's going to go on in your mind. I wondered today, how many thoughts do we think in the course of a day? I have no idea. But I think we think a lot. Some more than others. Whatsoever things. Okay, hang on, wait, wait just a minute. I mean, does that, does, does that mean that everything around us, I mean, just the culture itself, I mean, here we are trying to be believers in this ungodly world. Um, does that mean we need to be against everything? Somebody said yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, boy, it sure feels that way, doesn't it? Um, because through cultural osmosis, a lot of things can come into us. But wait a minute now. There's a soldier, perhaps, who's of great courage in whatever war it was that's doing great exploits and, and is an example of courage. Maybe he doesn't even know God. But there's an example of courage and bravery. Well, that's true and that's honest and that's of a good report. Do you see what I'm doing there? That's, in, that's even in the world. So it's not saying you can't let anything from this world in there. You, you follow what I'm saying. But whatsoever things are, and then he goes through the list. A, a husband maybe that whose life, wife um, is terminally ill and he said for better or for worse. And here is this man that, that is doing just that. Well, that's a good example that we could learn from and see. So it doesn't mean that we're against everything. But it does mean this. We're not naive to the world. And we understand that the world's way of thinking can greatly damage your way of thinking. And so he says, finally, brethren, oh, do you hear the urgencies here? And finally, I say to you, church tonight and guests here tonight, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Let that garrison your mind, filter your mind. So what do we need to do? Well, let's, let's look into these a little bit more deeply here to see, okay, what, what, what sort of things are true? Now, obviously, for the sake of time, we're, we can't delve in too far on this, but I, I do agree with some who said even this. I think a lot of mental health issues, even among Christians, could be solved if God's people would just filter their minds. What sort of things are true? That means this. Are you ready? Let's look at it real close here. We got it? We got to have a good filtration system. Everybody, everybody awake, everybody alert, everybody in, everybody, everybody here. Nobody's still at work. Nobody's going to work already in your mind tomorrow. Come on now, tune in right here. We got to, we got to get this. What sort of things are true? Whatever, whatever is true, what is true? Statements that agree with facts. Statements that agree with facts. Things that are trustworthy, verifiable. So, so you're in a conflict with somebody else. You know what one thing you need to do? Make sure that you got the facts. You say, well, I got the facts, brother. Okay, keep going with the filtration system here. Don't you say, well, it's true. Well, is it lovely? Oh, it's lovely to me. How I'm going to get back at them. Don't you know? Is it of good report? It'll be good when I get done with it. No, 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 wait a minute. You're tighter filter right here. Come on now. But start with facts. 
okay? Whatsoever things are true, that'd be the opposite of lies. You know who deals in lies? Satan. You know who wants to cause you to think untrue thoughts? Satan. You know what you're prone to do? You're, you're prone to believe Satan's lies. You're prone to suppress the truth and it leads to lies. But, but ask yourself this, is what I'm thinking, is it according and accurate to what the details are? Have I gathered enough information to really make a judgment on this? And then ask yourself this, does what I'm thinking, does it match up with what I know to be true about God? And does it match up with what I know to be true uh, from God's word? And, and so if you're not thinking what is true, then stop right there. Don't go any further. Don't think thoughts like nobody in this church cares about me. That's not true. You haven't met everybody yet. Don't think things like, I don't belong here. Listen, Satan could get in your mind and cause you to think, I don't belong there. Listen, no, listen, friend. If you're in Christ, you belong here. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever thing, I'm, I'm going to move along here and, and no doubt there's so much more. What I'd like to do is give you some definitions. I've got even just references as to where they're used. We're not going to go into all that, but I would like to at least do this. Ask you a few questions and maybe cause you to stop and think some questions. Is this true? Is this accurate? Is this reliable? Is this trustworthy? Can this be verified? Is this true to God and his character? Is it true to God's word? That'd be a good place to start right there. There are eight of these and they're coupled in pairs of two. So you've got whatsoever true and honest, whatsoever things are just and pure, whatsoever things are uh, lovely and of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Okay, so they're, they're grouped in pairs of true, two. It really does work well together. What, okay, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are honorable, noble, uh, a deacon must be grave. There's the word grave. It means serious, sober-minded, uh, of noble character. So apply it to your thinking. Is what you're thinking of noble character? Is, of what, is what you're thinking, is it dignified? Okay, here's a question. You ready? Would godly people think like this? I think three people thought that that was good. Would God... <laughs> Would godly people, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, as, as that thought is, is wanting to come into your operate, wait, airflow this way. As, as that thought is coming into your mind, I can't believe what he did. I can't believe what she said. I can't believe what they've done. Is that noble to think of them? You say, yeah, but it's true. It's where all this has got to work together. Is it, is this the way that godly people would think about that? I think that's a good question. Is this the way that godly people would think about this? Now, if you're, it's not your goal to be godly, then I'm just giving them a piece of my mind. You better stop. You'll run out. Get it back in place. Is this the way that godly people would think? Is this the way a deacon would think? You say, well, I'm not a deacon. Well, you're a Christian. Is this the way that you, is that thought that you're entertaining about that coworker, maybe that's just really getting on your nerves. Is that the way that you'd want your pastor to think about a member of the church? Well, you say a pastor shouldn't think that way. Well, true, right. I keep my filter up. I try to. And sometimes my filter gets dirty. How about yours? And, and then I got to change it out. 
renew my mind. Do you follow the illustration? I got to renew my mind. I got to keep it, keep it up there because we live in a dirty world and we think wrong thoughts about people. Is it, is it honest? Is it of noble character? Are you thinking like a Christian ought to think tonight? Just. The word just means this. It means uh, of righteous character. Righteous. It's the word righteous. Oftentimes it shows up as righteous, which means this. It matches God's standard. It matches God's standard. So just ask yourself that question. Does this thought meet God's standard? You got your social media going? You're scrolling through? And... Um, Whatever platform you're using, Instagram or whatever it may be, TikTok, Facebook, and there, you, there you've got um, a seductive image from somebody else, but it's somebody that you allowed in. Hello? I'm not trying to be popular tonight. I'm trying to help you here tonight. You, you let somebody in. You say, yeah, they really shouldn't say stuff like that. I mean, they, they're an IFB hater, but I mean, what, what do you, you're, you're just, you're throwing that, that filter out and you're going to let their angst, is that a word? I'm going to let their angst, I'm going to let their bitterness, I'm going to let their hateful spirit come into your system of thinking? I tell you what you need to do, get the filter back in place and don't let those thoughts in your mind. It doesn't match God's standard. You say, yeah, but they're dealing with a real issue. Well, there's another way to deal with real issues. And when, when, you, when you scroll through and you're seeing those images of the, of the people there and they're so seductive and, and, and so ungodly in their appearance and I, I, don't, I don't have uh, any form of social media. I'm not totally against it. But that's a real good filtration system for me, I'll tell you that. Not having it in the first place. It really hasn't hurt me. But I hear things. Sometimes I sit behind young people, say at a ball game or on a plane. And you see what they're allowing to come into their mind. And sometimes that's Christian young people. And sometimes it's Bible college students. And unfortunately, sometimes it's pastors. I'm just asking you to ask yourself, does this thought, and listen, folks, we've got to do this all day long, every day. All day long, every day. You say, man, that's going to get wearisome and tiring. Hey, there's some help coming on the way, but hang on just a minute. You got to do this all day, every day because you, you, you're constantly thinking. And so one thing you could do to help yourself is maybe to unplug from the world. Have a cleanse, have a purge. And so, you know, I'm getting off. I stop the bus. I want off. Maybe what some of you need to say. Or block, or unfriend. But I'm asking you is whatever thought that's coming into your mind, even about this message right now here tonight. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> this is self-protection mode right here. Is even the thought that you're having about this message tonight, is it meeting God's standard? 
Whatsoever things are just. And then we move on now to whatsoever things are pure. That means clear, clean rather. I'm, uh, clean. Not that which would contaminate you. Hey, look, I, I know, I mean, thoughts can come out of nowhere. And so, sometimes when I have a wrong thought, think me weird if you want to. But sometimes when I have a wrong thought, I literally shake my head. Some of you may think I have some real issues. <laughs> but I'd much rather them think he's got some real issues than for me to have some real issues. Because sometimes those thoughts come in like, good night, where'd that come from? You're following what I'm saying. Yes, sir. See preacher walking down the hallway then. <laughs> You know, he's having a rough day, right? But I want to keep my filter up. You got a filter? Whatsoever things are pure. You got a, you got a filter on your thoughts and what's coming in. You got, a, you got a filter on what images you're looking at. You got a filter on what websites you're going to. You got a filter on how, what you're doing with the remote when you're sitting there in front of the TV. You got, a, you got a filter for what's going on at work and what you're thinking and what you're talking about. You got a filter that's keeping you pure. You got a filter that's keeping your, your social media pure. You got a filter that's keeping your thoughts pure, your mind pure, your heart pure, your, your words pure, your actions pure. Because I'm telling you, you cannot live in this sexually charged world or this impure world without a filter. You've got to have a filter in place, friend. I'm, I was so, it's such a burdensome thing to me. I was flying back from South Carolina, you know, from the GIBF trip. And, and as we were, I, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not weird like this. I don't, I don't pay attention to what people are doing around me in terms of, you know, people on their tablets and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of times your filtration system is don't look there. I mean, it's astounding to me in public, in public. I mean, really, it ought to be in private too. But I mean, we're talking about lost people, but here, here's my point. Here's a, probably a, I'm going to say she might have been four or five or six years old. She was little. And she was playing some game on her tablet where these animated fashion models were walking down the aisle. And I don't know what this game is called, but her, the object of the game was to choose what she was to wear. And my soul, I was grieved because here's a little, let's say five-year-old that's dressing up this fashion model very seductively. I mean, really, it looked like a harlot. I mean, even though it's animated, I had to look away. It was so raunchy. But what would happen is, in the course of her doing this, is that if she chose the right thing, then it would come up adorable. Uh, it would come up beautiful, glamorous. And then some other words that I don't feel comfortable saying here tonight. Well, it's no wonder in our culture that ladies are dressing so immodestly if at a five-year-old stage they're being conditioned by the world to think, oh, dressing really seductively and dressing nearly like a harlot, that's what's adorable. That's, what's, that's what is glamorous. That is what, in all the other words that are used there, that's really hot. That's really this. That's really that. I'm asking you tonight because I would expect that of the world, but tonight I'm asking you as believers, do you have a filter that says we're not going to watch that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to think those things because by the grace and help of God, we want to keep our minds pure so that our eyes are pure, so our hands are pure, so our feet are pure, so our body is pure. Are you listening to this tonight? But given the way that some dress, evidently, you're not thinking purely because you're not dressing purely. 
And you're not talking purely, you're not texting purely, and you're texting things you ought not text, and you're going places you ought not go. Hey, I, I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight other than Southwest Baptist Church. And you say, man, preacher, we just had a fantastic mission conference. Why didn't you preach like a message that would be really uplifting and encouraging, and maybe even on missions it would have been a great thing. Well, listen, I know that, and I was wrestling with it, don't you know? And I worked on this message even for next week, actually, when it was college days, and when I was thinking about the young people from all over the country being here thinking, man, this will be really good to let them think about what they're thinking about. But then as I was thinking about what they are thinking about, I got to thinking about what you're thinking about. I thought, no, we need it now. Did I say all that right? Whatsoever things are pure. What in God's name are you allowing to come into your mind that is not pure? And I mean that respectfully. I'm talking about God's, for God's name's sake today. What are you allowing into your life? What are you allowing into your thought process? We live in a dirty world. You can't just go on thinking any way you want to think and think, well, this is so antiquated. This is such a narrow-minded preacher. My parents, you're thinking things like this. My parents, my school, my church, so strict. They got such a filter on me. That'll help you work right. If you take this to heart, it'll help your marriage stay pure. It'll help your marriage stay together. But if you say, oh, I don't think I need any of this, farewell could be divorces on your way, infidelity on your way, hurt, shame, guilt, church split, hurt lives. Am I telling the truth tonight? Am I making any of this up? Has the, have these things happened to even church people where they got out of church and they got out of God's will and they got out of serving the Lord? Are you listening to me? I, are, are, has this happened to God's people? It has. And how did it happen? They didn't just all of a sudden end up there. No, but what happened is they didn't have a filter on their thinking. And it just got in a little bit by little bit and little bit by little bit. But the next thing you know, it's just the way that they were thinking. It became the way that they were talking. And they were kind of dismissing like, yeah, we probably shouldn't be talking like this since we're in the youth group. We probably shouldn't be talking like this since we're in college. We shouldn't be talking like this since we're married couples. But, but I, I, it's just the world we live in. But God says whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are we lovely. Is that next? Whatsoever things are lovely. That means this is admirable. It's, it's, it's of a good quality. It's actually only used right here. It's commendable. Could God, let me ask you this tonight. They work together. You know, whatsoever things are lovely and, and whatsoever things are of good report. In other words, it's things that God could commend. Let me ask you this. Is the thought that you just thought or the thoughts that you're thinking, could God commend those thoughts? Could God say, I want everybody in the church to know how you're thinking about that person? We just show, how about that? Boy, that'd be quite a service, wouldn't it? We just showed all your thoughts. It'd be a low attendance day more than an ice day. <laughs> this Sunday, we're going to show. Can I tell you something? God knows every one of your thoughts. Could God commend your thoughts? Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. In, in, in fact, the idea of that is, is it's constructively helpful. It'll build up, it won't tear down. And in the context, again, he's talking about relationships. 
So you're probably going to have a thought that comes to your mind about your spouse. Should you go ahead and say it? Probably not. You see how, you see how this filter helps? If you say, you know, I shouldn't think that way about her. I shouldn't think that way about him. I shouldn't think that way about my Sunday school teacher. I shouldn't think that way about my church member. I shouldn't think that way about my church. I shouldn't think that way about my school. I, I shouldn't think that way. Well, you're right. Now you got a filter on. And that'll help you. If there be any virtue, oh, that's moral excellence. It's of a high quality. God commends it because it's good. It's wholesome. It'll help you in the way that you're thinking. It's of moral excellence and is whatsoever things are, of, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, if there's anything that's, that is and truly commendable, I may have kind of blended some of these together with, with, uh, with pure, hang, here's a good thought. I'm, I'm on my notes right now. Hang on just a minute. You with me still? Found my place. Will that thought you're having protect or endanger your purity or the purity of others? The thought is not how far can we go, but how can we protect each other's purity? Lovely. Is this friendly? The word actually means friendly. Will this thought promote peace or conflict? Will it help solve the problem or will it add fuel to the flame? Good report. Is it constructive? Will it help anyone to think this way? Will it build up or will it tear down? Will it cause somebody, listen to this one. The idea is that it, it, it doesn't cause offense. So uh, ask yourself this question. The way you're thinking, will it cause anybody to stumble? Me thinking that way. Will it cause anybody to stumble? If there be any virtue, that does mean, as we've already said, moral excellence. Here, here's a good question. You ready? Does it motivate other people to do better? Moral excellence. Praise. Is God able to commend this? Okay, verse 9. And then we're done. Hang on just a minute. If you filter your thoughts and you screen the examples around you. What I mean by that, what you've learned, what you've received, what you've heard and seen. In Paul, he says, do those things. Can I say to you tonight, not only do you need the right thoughts in your life, here's what you need. The right people. Most people are not posting purity. You know, I, I looked at verse 9 and I saw learned, received, heard, and seen. You know, that's online type terminology. What you've learned. What you've received, what you've heard, what you've seen, that's also in life. It boils down to this. They needed to keep the filth of the world out for the sake of God's work within. Keep the filth out because God was working within. And so I implore you to make sure that you keep wrong thoughts and wrong examples out of your life for the sake of God's work within your own heart and within our own church.
and within your family. Don't allow in what God wants to keep out. I wonder if we could take this and test the content of modern sitcoms. I don't know if we could take this filter and test the message that's in movies, even Disney. I wonder if we could take this and test the social media images, hateful speech and wrong associations. I wonder if we could test every book, every novel, every magazine that you pick up. I wonder if we could test every friend that you have. I believe we should. I wonder if it'll test every thought. If you're thinking things like, nobody's going to know. Is that true? That one's out. Because God already knows. It's not going to hurt anybody. Is that true? That's not true either. And we're not getting too far in the filter. That's not fair. Since when did fair become the criteria of life? Is it true? Yeah, it's true. It's not fair. Is it honest? Is it noble that you're thinking that? Is it of good report? Is it of praise? You see, this is going to keep a lot of those not fair thoughts out. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, it may be, but do you have to spread it around? I remember going up and I'm done. I'm sorry. I, I think we needed it though, don't you? I remember going up to see Brother Gary Latin, um, Brother James, Miss Lynette's son-in-law. He worked over here on town. Actually, Hannah Bradley's dad worked there and, and um, they had a filtration system for cancer medicine. I've never seen a filtra water filtration system massive, taller than I was, four of them. Water comes in, goes through all four of these, comes into what they call the clean room. An air filtration system, 30-some filters. It, air comes in, if, I may not be right about this, but I think it comes in from the east and it exits out to the west. And it goes through these 30 air filtration systems so that when it comes into this clean room and everybody was, of course, in these white uh, garments, masked up, gloves on because they're working with cancer medicine, they had to make sure that the, that the air that they were in and the water that they were using was absolutely pure to be able to help somebody else. I said, Brother Bradley, if, you're, if I'm understanding you right, what you're basically trying to do is get back to like how things were in the Garden of Eden. Pure water, pure air. He said, well, I never thought about it that way, but that's basically what we're trying to do. What I'm saying to you is if we are going to be helpful to others as a church, you've got to have a filtration system in your life so that the thoughts you're thinking, the words you're saying, the actions you're doing are pure and helpful not harmful and destructive. How's your thought life tonight? We stand together, every head bowed, every eye closed. We have some coming to follow the Lord and believers' baptism. You can come at this time. We have, though, a church full of people here tonight that really need to let God analyze your thoughts. You may have worried thoughts. Uh, you may have... Um, you may have envious thoughts. You may have impure thoughts. You may have hateful thoughts, jealous thoughts prideful thoughts, self-centered thoughts. All of it's got to be filtered out. Dear God, tonight, 
I want to thank you that you care enough about us to put something in your word like this, so practical, so helpful. God, um, we live in such an impure world, and our desires are equally impure. And therefore, we must have this filter in our minds. I'm calling it a filter. God, is, the illustration is working that through. But what we allow into our thought lives, I know you analyze and you want us to block out what doesn't belong. Would you help every young person here tonight and every, every adult here tonight with their thought life? God, I ask you to help me in my thought life. for us to have peace and have victory and for you to work in our midst, dear God, from what I've studied, we must have the right thoughts. Help us now tonight in Jesus' name, amen. Let's, uh, <clears throat> let's prepare for our invitation here tonight. Some have already come, but Aaron's gonna lead us. Only trust him, page 272.